With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. will be provided on the final day of February. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me on this journey to one month to a more effective board. Day 14. Board of Directors and Doing Business in China. The case of GlaxoSmithKline, GSK, resonated across the corporate globe in its its Chinese domestic corruption enforcement action back in the summer of 2014. Even today, there are many questions which are still unanswered, but one which seems to be at the forefront was, where was the GSK Board of Directors? The Board of Directors is a, obviously an important and critical part of any effective compliance program. So where was the GSK Board? Today I want to look at specifically the role of a board in the context of doing business in China. Boards are ultimately responsible for risk oversight, and with operations in China, you need to have a clear understanding of duties and responsibilities under the FCPA and other international laws. Why should China be on the radar of boards under the FCPA or compliance? Well, since 2010, Well over 25% of all FCPA enforcement actions were derived from China. So what are some of the reasons for this? Well, corruption can be endemic in China. FCPA enforcement actions have made clear that Chinese businesses are quite adept at appearing compliant while hiding unacceptable business practices. A board of directors should be aware that a well-crafted compliance program must be complemented with a thorough understanding of frontline business practices and constant auditing of actual practices, not just a paper tiger compliance program. 
This means that both monitoring and auditing should be visible to the board of directors around your operations in China. Echoing as one of the board's roles is articulated in the FCPA guidance, a board must ensure that the human resources committed to compliance management and reporting relationships are commensurate with the level of compliance risk. So if that risk is perceived to be high, such as in China, a board should follow the prescription in the guidance, which states, the amount of resources devoted to compliance will depend on the company's size, complexity, industry, geographic reach, and risk associated with the business. In assessing whether a company has reasonable compliance controls, both the DOJ and SEC typically consider whether the company devoted adequate staffing and resources to the compliance program, given the size, structure, and risk profile of the business. So how do you achieve these goals? Well, here are some of the things that you can look at in the context of both the board reviewing, but also the board's role. So, number one, how is tone at the top established and communicated? Does the board set the tone? Does the board cascade that tone down through the organization? Has the board taken a look at that message throughout an organization? How are the business practices assessed? You've heard me advocate for a board performing an independent risk assessment, but a board can also test the risk assessment performed by the compliance officers, chief compliance officer, or the compliance function. And how were the business practices risks assessed? Are effective standards, policies, and procedures in place to address these risks? What procedures are in place to identify and mitigate fraud, theft, and corruption? What local training is conducted on your corporate business practices, and is it effective? Is it conducted in local language? Indeed, are your compliance policies and procedures available in local language? Are there incentives provided to promote correct behaviors? Is the detection of improper behavior monitored and audited? How is the effectiveness of the compliance program reviewed and initiated? And finally, if a problem is identified, how is an independent, thorough, and thorough investigation assured? What's the investigation protocol? We've talked about that at length in earlier podcasts. Third parties generally present the most risk under an FCPA compliance program, and as much as 95% of reported FCPA cases involve the use of third-party intermediaries such as agents. However, in China, all potential business opportunities retain a level of compliance-related issues. Joint ventures and the acquisition of Chinese entities are both important business strategies for many Western companies, but they also present high corruption risks. So it's important to have board oversight in the M&A process. Noncompliant business practices and bringing those into compliance is a major and defining deal risk in both M&A and joint venture practice. Yet it's a company and board's inability to understand actual business practices and the impact of those practices on your core business and effectively dealing with a transition plan, which is one of the main reasons why joint ventures and acquisitions in China fail. Even if the conduct of an acquisition target was legal or tolerated in its home country, once the target is acquired and subject to the FCPA or UK Bribery Act, such conduct must stop. 
However, if, if the conduct does stop, it may so devalue the core assets of the entity acquired so as to ruin the business basis for the transaction. Indeed, the FCPA guidance, its prescribed due diligence in the pre-acquisition stage is, is a key to this dilemma. Post-acquisition integration is a must to avoid FCPA liability if the illegal conduct continues after the transaction is completed. Because remember, after the transaction, it's no longer they engaging in the illegal act. It's now you. Many boards are not engaged enough to understand the way their company is conducting business, particularly in a business environment as challenging as China. They believe that a board should have a detailed or a board should have a detailed understanding of the business if it is to be an effective safeguard against fraud or corrupt practices. Not only should a board understand the specific financial risk to the company if an FCPA violation is uncovered, but the potential impact on the corporate culture and risk to the company's reputation, including the reputation of individual board members, and I would add the potential liberty of individual board members. Effective oversight of corruption in China will only become more increasingly important. This may be the most important lesson for any board collectively or board member individually to take away from the ongoing GSK corruption and bribery scandal. So what are the three key takeaways for today? Well, first of all, since at least 2010, China has presented the highest risk FCPA risk. And after GSK, now we have Chinese domestic corruption risk. And don't forget in GSK, the four top individuals uh, in the business unit were individually convicted of bribery and corruption. Westerners were deported and the Chinese nationals went to jail in China. And wherever you want to be in a jail in China for corruption is not one of those places. Number two, Chinese companies are extremely adept at hiding corruption, corrupt business practices from their Western partners. You need only look at the 2016 Johnson Controls FCPA enforcement action where the company admitted that the business practices in China were designed or too sophisticated for the company to understand. Well, if you've got a business practice that is too complicated for your own internal auditors to understand, you need to stop that business practice now. And Chinese companies are very good at this. Obviously, when you overlay the language and cultural differences, um, both uh, language for documents and cultural differences for interviews, you've got a huge problem. And finally, many, many, many FCPA enforcement actions came about through either joint ventures where a U.S. company went into joint ventureship with a Chinese company and or bought a Chinese company or in the JV context later became the 100% partner buying out the Chinese entity from the JV. So M&A is equally risky as third-party liability in China. China is a very difficult market, so you need to put your Highest amount of risk management. Simply because something is risky doesn't mean you can't do it under the FCPA. It just means you need to deliver a more robust risk management solution. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me for day 14 of One Month to a Better Board, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 15.
This is Tom Fox. Thank you for joining for today's episode of 30 Days to a Better Board. This series is based on my seminal work, Doing Compliance, Design, Create, and Implement an Effective Compliance Program. It's available from Compliance Week, and you can check it out on their website, compliancework.com. I hope you will join me tomorrow for another episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.